Good evening, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Lampo Show podcast. I am Tina Lampo, digital content creator, entrepreneur, and your host. The Lampo Show podcast is a platform where the good, the bad, and the ugly of long-distance relationships and intercultural marriages between American women and men from the continent of Africa can openly and truthfully be discussed. Tonight on the show with us, we have Miss Julie. I don't even want to mess your name up. Okay. (laughs) And she is going to share her journey and what it has been like for her um, while being in this long distance intercultural marriage. Ms. Julie, if you can go ahead and introduce, introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, I'm Julian Quarenquo and I can't say that name either unless if I think about it, I can't say it. <laughs> My husband makes fun of me all the time. I still don't know if I'm saying it right. So I apologize to him right now if I said it wrong, but um, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. And I am married to my husband, who is from Wari in Nigeria, Delta State. And this is our story. Okay. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into this interview. Miss Julie, can you go ahead and tell us how you met your husband? On Instagram. Um, he had sent me a message and I didn't know anything I just kind of looked at it and thought what is that and then I just moved on didn't really use Instagram that much so I was just kind of on and off there but um he I finally got curious after a couple of days because he had messaged again and so I just got curious so I just messaged back and he kept asking me how I was if I ate and I thought this is really weird so I don't know how many times I removed him and unfollowed him um, before I actually kind of gave it more of a chance. Mm-hmm. So, so, so but you, that's how we met. Yeah. Okay. So is there an age difference between you and your husband? Yes, there is. He's younger um, by 12 years. Okay. He's younger by 12 years. Okay, so why did you choose to be with a guy from the continent of Africa and versus one that's already here in the United States and has paperwork and um, already established? Um, I can't say I chose him or chose to be in a relationship. Um, at the time, I was separated from my husband. Um, we were getting ready to get divorced, and I wasn't really looking. I had taken that time to work on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I started working out and my goal was to lose weight and just really looking for anybody, let alone somebody on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of happened. Okay. So have you, you say you have been married before? Has your, your now husband, has he been married before? No, this is his first marriage. Okay. So how long did you two communicate back and forth before things got serious, like the dating part? Um, Probably we talked for a good eight months, just kind of as friends, because like I Mm -hmm. said, I didn't want to get into any type of relationship and especially not knowing like how would I even get to where he was? You know, can he come here? I didn't know any of that at that time. So mm-hmm. we just kind of just talked as friends for like eight months. And then probably about eight months, we started acknowledging that we had stronger feelings than friends. And then probably, it was probably a few months after that, that we finally just officially made it happen and, and said, this is, we're gonna start dating. And then that's when we, uh, he also started talking about me coming there to meet him um, in Nigeria, so. Okay. So are you two of the same faith? Yes. Both Christians? Yes. Okay. So how long after when things got serious between the two of you, did you, did you decide you would travel over there and meet him face to face? Well, So I didn't have a passport or anything when we had gotten serious. Um, And so the first thing I knew I had to do once he started saying, you have to come see me, you have to come see me. And um, so 
I got my passport and that was pre-COVID. So it went pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And then once I got my passport, then I was still a little not sure about traveling to Nigeria, especially by myself. You know, I didn't know anything about it or anything. So still kind of pushing, pushing it back a little bit. And now looking back, I wish I hadn't done that. But at the time, you know, I didn't. Then he said, well, if you don't feel comfortable going here, I want you to feel comfortable. So we decided we would meet in Kenya. Mm -hmm. And so um, we talked about that for a few months. And then I booked the trip to Kenya um, about March 2020, early March 2020. And two days later, everything shut down from COVID. Wow. But the trip was scheduled for July. So we were just like, oh, this is going to be gone by then. We won't have anything to worry about. We're just going to leave it, you know. So I didn't cancel or anything. I just left it there. And then I think about May, the airline and everything, they canceled it for us. I mean, they, you know, canceled, gave money back and everything and said, you know, borders are closed and so at that point I was kind of like I don't think this is ever going to happen you know maybe it's not Mm -hmm. meant to be because I'm a big believer that timing is everything and things happen for a reason so I was like maybe this isn't meant to be and he um, was very adamant that we needed to meet and so I he said that you know next time though because we were going to meet in Kenya to see how things were and then later on, go to Nigeria and get mm-hmm. married. That was kind of the plan. But since COVID came, then he said, maybe we just need to come to Nigeria whenever this is over. And then that way you, we can get married then. And then we don't have to wait because we didn't know then, you know, we thought it would be done by July. And here it was July and the borders are all still closed everywhere. So, um, he picked November. He was like, you're going to come in November. And so I was like, okay. And so we talked about, um, you know, and I was like, that's really far away because it was July and I was mm-hmm. like, really far away. Why are you picking November? What if the borders open earlier? And then I'm stuck waiting until November. It's even longer. But I think the borders open back in September. And so it wasn't that bad of a wait. And then um, the SARS thing came in October of 2020 in Nigeria, about two weeks before I was supposed to leave because I was leaving on November 1st. And so it came to the point then of it looks like it wasn't going to happen again, basically. Mm-hmm. we Because he didn't want me coming there with everything going on. Um, it probably wasn't safe for him to travel because he... We were going to meet in Lagos, so he had to travel too. So he had to travel from Wari to Lagos. And, um, you know, we were kind of just devastated. Um, you know, good for Nigeria for standing up to end that movement and get that mm-hmm. going. But at the same time, we were both devastated because we didn't know if we could meet or not, you know. And so we just kept praying. And then, um, about a week before, um, and I had been in some wives groups and they had been talking about it and a few were in Nigeria. So they were talking about like what was going on there, if it was safe, you know, and there were curfews they enacted there. And so um, we just kind of kept waiting and waiting. And I would say maybe three or four days before I left, we were about to cancel it again and push it back again because we just didn't know um so I unpacked my bags that I had already packed um we kind of didn't know and then maybe the next day stuff started to clear up a little bit and we were hearing good things like stuff was settling down people were going back home there wasn't the violence breaking out anymore um he thought it was safe for him to travel. He said that he would get there. If I, if I said I was coming, he would make sure that he got there. And so I decided that it was kind of now or never because I felt like we needed to meet. It had been 
almost two years since we'd been talking. So it was time to meet, to see, to see if it was really real feelings or if it was just, you know, just talking to somebody because, you know, you don't know who you're really talking to until you meet them in person. And um, so then we got to go and I flew there on November 1st, 2020. Um, and because of the SARS thing, I had to take a different route. I flew Delta because it was my first international trip and it was mm -hmm. a straight flight from Atlanta to Lagos. So I figured I couldn't mess that up. So, but because of the SARS thing, we had to land in Dakar first and sit there for an hour and then go to Lagos just to make sure because they were afraid of them storming the airport. So they were giving time for those flights to come in. So um, we went, we didn't have to get off the plane or anything, but we sat there and then um, got to the Lagos and um, went through all the airport stuff. Um, so you went over there in the midst of all that going on? Yeah. I mean, it was dwindling down to the point where it was safe. I knew that once I got to him, that I would feel safe. So, um, yeah, it was, and it was, there were still curfews and my plane wasn't supposed to get in till eight o'clock that night. And the curfew, I think mm -hmm. was nine. So we decided um, it was best to get a hotel by the airport so that we would have plenty of time to get in somewhere before curfew hit. Um, Cause normally we would stay out on the island. Um, so that's when we went there the next day. But for the first night we stayed at um, an airport, or an airport hotel because we just didn't want to be out after curfew. Cause mm -hmm. we didn't know what exactly would happen. Okay, so how many times have you traveled to see your husband? Uh, four times. I've been there four times now. Oh, okay. Yep. So at any point while you were there, um, did you get to meet the family? Like go to the village? Did you stay at the village? Or does he have his own place? No. Um, so he lives in Wari and it's about six hours from Lagos, give or take, because their roads are so much different. Mm -hmm. um, so, but his family, um, his elder sister and brother, came three other sisters came he's one of 11 kids so um and then his younger brother came um for the wedding and so um I got to meet them then um his parents didn't come just because of we didn't know the dangers of the roads um the situation in Lagos and um they're older so we just didn't want to put them at risk and, but his brothers and sisters were adamant on coming. So they came and um, so we got to meet them then. Um, and they came for the wedding, we're at our wedding. So it really made it really nice for them to be there. And then a couple of his friends came too for the wedding. Okay. So the family was very welcoming of you. Oh, very, yes. Um, okay. I felt like I had been a part of their family my whole entire life. Um, his sisters jumped right in and helped me with my wedding dress because um, my husband had no idea how to help me zip <laughs> it up and get it all right and stuff. And they just jumped in, helped me, um, you know, offered to do my makeup, my hair, you know, they mm -hmm. treated me like a queen and, and it was very nice. Okay. So how does your family feel about you being in a long distance um, intercultural, intercultural and interracial marriage? Um, they really don't have a problem with it. Um, to be honest, when I went the first time, there was only a few people that knew that where I was actually going. Mm -hmm. Others, others in the family, um, like my mom, um, I knew she would worry too much and so I didn't want to put her through that. So I didn't tell her exactly where I was going. She just knew I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, there's been no problems or issues about it, just as long as I'm happy. 
Okay. So do you plan to stay in Nebraska once your husband gets here? Being that it's for a predominantly, while. being that it's a predominantly white place for white people. Yeah, for a little while. Um he was shocked because I said I do have, you know, some African American neighbors and he was shocked because he was like, So I won't be the only one there that's black. And I said, No. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if that's what he wanted or what, but um I said, you know, there are some I do live in a city, so that helps with mm-hmm. you know, more um more people but as far as staying here we'll stay here for a while until um, I have two younger kids that are still in school and so we would want them to graduate here and then we'd probably move probably somewhere warmer because I'm not sure how he's going to handle the cold when he gets here he's all about it he wants to run and play in the snow and I just don't know I think he understands how cold cold is I think he will adjust to it because he, uh, my husband got adjusted to it and, and he absolutely loves the cold weather now. So I think he'll adjust yeah. pretty good. Like he always it. complains it's hot. So. Mm-hmm. so maybe he will like it better than the heat because he complains about the hot all the time. So the sun, how, does your, so. how does your children feel about you being in this type of marriage? They love it. Um, they've talked to him. Um, they know him quite well too and um he's you know just kind of joined right into the family um I would say that my middle daughter is the closest to him Uh they um are joking all the time they listen to kind of the same music they're always bouncing different music off of each other so they really bonded well Um, okay so did y'all you did say y'all married on the first visit yes okay mm-hmm. and that was after talking to either each other for how long again um almost two years at the time okay okay yeah it would have been two years a little over two years actually but like I said we had hadn't planned on that but we didn't want to delay it more uh-huh. um just because we knew it was going to be a long process to get him over here. And I did stay there a week. I mean, I know it's not a really long time, but I did stay a week before we got married because I did want to make sure that I got to know him in person more before, you know, we went all the way through with it. And I prayed the whole time. We both prayed and it was the right thing to do. Yeah, but in all honesty, and this goes for all of us, not just you, but I don't think that with us going over there, staying these one and two and three weeks at a time with these men, it's just not enough time for us to get to know them. You know, I don't think no, it is. Not. And that's, that's, like I said, that's for all of us. But, you know, and I also yeah. tell women all the time, too, that none of us is above being scammed in these relationships. I always say that. Absolutely. You know, because we truly yep. don't know a person until we live with them. And even then, you can live with somebody 10, 15, 20 years and still not truly know that person. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, yep. we all take a risk when we's marrying, uh, we are marrying um, these men from over there. So, yeah. All we can do is just hope so for the best, hope that they have the right intentions towards us and, you know, all goes well. Yes, exactly. But, you know, you can say that about American men, too. There Most definitely. That my, ex, my ex-husband did that I had no idea he was doing until the police showed up at the door, basically. So, you know, in, it's a risk anytime. And it like is. you said, you never know. You never really truly know anybody, no matter how long you've lived with them or whatever. Most definitely. And, and, and that was something I learned with being with my ex-husband, who was also American. There were some things I found out about him after we divorced. So we had been living right. together all those years. And I never knew these things until after the, the, the marriage went sour and we were divorced. So you can live right. with somebody 10, 20, 30 years and still never fully know that person, no matter where yeah. they're from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. And, I, and, you know, a lot of people criticize those of us that went over there and got married on the first visit. 
It doesn't matter how many times yeah. you go over there and visit someone. If someone has bad intentions towards you, it does not matter if you went over there on the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh trip and married this person. If their intentions is to scam you, that's what's going to happen. So it really doesn't matter. Oh, if yeah. somebody wants to go over there and get married on their first visit, then so be it. Let them do that. I did. It's a yeah. lot of other women that did it. Yeah. I've seen women that went mm -hmm. over there on the fifth or sixth trip and got married and still got scammed. The man's not even with them anymore. So it doesn't matter. It all depends on the, mm -hmm. the person themselves. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you only know what you know. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And you just got to hope for the best. And, Most definitely. Um, I will say I did, you know, because when you do go over there, like for us, we have to stay at hotels because he lives so far away. Mm -hmm. um, but um, the one time we got an Airbnb. And so I got to see a little bit more of how he kind of lives when there's not somebody there to cook food and not somebody cleaning up after us. And, you know, it wasn't that didn't feel like a vacation thing and I think that was a really good thing to do because then it helped us talk like you know we need to share these responsibilities it's not up to me to always clean mm -hmm. you know we're both here we're both living we're both making messes so one of us isn't the one that's going to pick up after the other we both have to do our part most definitely so my husband knows now that there is no gender roles in this house when it comes to that you know it's totally mm -hmm. different in america we both mess up we both clean up that's just how it goes yeah. you know there's no children in yeah. the home so there's yeah. really no reason for our house to even be dirty so i mean but yeah there's no gender roles over in america with that because we both we women work no. just like the men do so we're tired you know so yeah yeah so when you yeah. went over there and you married your husband miss julie and it was time for you to leave nigeria <laughs> without him how did you feel in that moment what were your thoughts? I was devastated. Um, and I cried like a baby all the way. From, it started the night before I left all the way to the airport. Um, in Nigeria, you go, and when you leave, you go and you walk down this hallway. And at the end, there's an immigration officer that meets you, you know, to not let anybody go past there. Mm -hmm. I was crying so much that the lady was like, come over here. So she let him go past that point, but she didn't let him out of his sight or her sight, but she let him go past that point until he could get me to kind of calm down and, and go on through the, the line. But it was horrible the first time. Um, I can't say it's gotten any better the last few times. I just will say that he's gotten a little bit more tricky on how he kind of pushes me along and tells me that I'm a big girl and, and we're going to see each other again and, and to kind of hurry me along and be like, I got to get back to the car and, and kind of uses everything just, just to get me going so I can't sit and think about it very much. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten a little bit better about knowing what to do to get me to, to go on and not think about it as much. So, but it's yeah, so hard. It's always I think hard it, to every leave. time every time I went over there and it was time for me to go, it was like, it got harder each time for me to leave. So yeah, it, it definitely is not easy, you know, having to leave your spouse back in another country while you going back home to America. And, and you don't know when the next yeah. time you're going to see each other. You just, you don't know. No, you don't. So what do you think um, as far as American men and African men, like the speed at which they, pursue someone do you think african men move much faster than american men and why is that um yeah i think they do um like i said he messaged me a few times before i even answered him mm -hmm. um i kind of feel that they know what they want they're not like american men that think that they have other options i think american men get caught up in well, I could do better over here. The grass is greener over here. Uh, where African men, they're kind of, once you're in a relationship, you're in a relationship and mm -hmm. it's going, you know, they're committed to making it work. You know, they don't have divorce rates like we do. Um, so I think they're a little bit more stable and that's probably why they pursue 
you a little bit more. Um, like an American man, had I ignored him for two days, I'm sure he would have went on to the next person. Um, so I think that's kind of the difference. I want to say, you know, um, we hear a lot that African couples, like the African man and the African woman, do not divorce. That is so not true. When you look at yeah. statistics today, that is not true. These African couples are getting um, divorced just like an African man and an American woman would. I have neighbors right now that are that are Muslims and they're divorced. Hmm. So, yes, they do get divorced. You know, they try to put it yeah. in our mind that when you marry a man from Africa, that man's not going to divorce the woman he was with. Yes, they do. They do divorce those women. Hmm. So I don't know. I try not to get caught up in all that, but you know, you just have to do what feels right to you and not listen to anyone else and don't let nobody else in your relationship because it will tear it apart. Yep. So you just got to oh, do yeah. what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And, you know, I do think a lot of those um, stereotypes, there's a lot of stereotypes on the African men. Like if they have children, they're automatically married. If they do this, they're automatically this. And I think that culture is changing. I yes, it is. Becoming very non-traditional. I think Most they're definitely. becoming very westernized. Um, my husband and his family are probably very non-traditional. Um, you know, so I think, but a lot of people want to feed you that stereotypical um, thing about, especially about the children. And if they have child, they're automatically married um, because my husband does have a daughter and um, I was fed a lot of stuff. Oh, he's married. You have to watch out for this. You have to watch out for that. And it got to the point where he said, you can either believe me if people that don't even know which, you know, I, you just have to know and trust your instincts and do and hope with that that it, they are being most definitely you know, it is with good intentions and everything most definitely and i agree with you um that was the older generation of african people that mm -hmm. that operate that way but the younger generation is not operating in, in the traditional ways anymore like they used to they coming from amongst that stuff you know no. so and, and yeah. i don't know why people like to tend like African women do not have sex outside of marriage and get children because they do. The same things that go on in America yeah. is the same things that go on in Africa. You see prostitution, you see all kinds yeah. of stuff going on over there. So yes, those women oh, have yeah. those women have children outside of wedlock too. So no, oh, yeah. just because a man, just because that African man has children does not mean that he's necessarily married. So, you know, you just have to kind of right. tune out the stereotypes. But like you said, yeah. trust your intuition um, in your own situation. Because a, a right. woman's intuition is not going to steer her wrong. You know, it's up to us no. whether we're going to listen to it or not. Right. So, so um, having dealt with American men all your life, and now that you're, you're married to an African man, how does the level of intimacy differ for you? Um, I think it's stronger with um, African man than American man. And... Maybe it's just my husband. Maybe it's just because we are so compatible. Um, because we do and think a lot of things alike. Um, you know, and it's not always about sex when it comes to intimacy. Exactly. We have mm -hmm. a very, very, very strong emotional connection. Um, I can tell what he's thinking before he says it. Same way he can do with me. Um, I can, you know, we really trust and support each other um when we're both having issues or stressed we both kind of are each other's best friend and I think that was built on us in the beginning talking about everything we didn't care we didn't know that we were going to end up together we just were talking and and had that so I think that built on to where we are now but I would mm -hmm. say it's a lot stronger I think once you get them to open up you know, and I had to learn the hard way that you don't ask a lot of questions. You don't um, force them to answer when they're ready to 
open up, they'll open up and they'll tell you about everything. Um, so I think it's stronger with them versus American men. So here's what I learned with my husband being African because they do operate different than American men. Once they can trust you, they will open up and tell you just about everything about them. But until yep. you have built that trust with them, they're not going to tell you anything. They're going to close you out. No. They're fine with anything you ask them. It's, it's okay. You know, so you have to build that trust mm -hmm. with them in order for them to open up and tell you anything about them. Yes. And intimacy does start way before you get to the sex part of a marriage. So in any relationship, whether you're married or not, intimacy starts mm -hmm. way before yeah. there. So. But oh, yeah. I just think, I think it's a little different, you know, between American men and African men. I honestly believe oh, yeah, there's a is. difference. Mm -hmm. There is a difference for sure. So um, have you already started your immigration process to bring your husband over? Yes. Okay. Um, we filed um, last April and we're at the NVC stage. Um, oh, okay. Y'all yeah, moving kind of quick. Yeah, just waiting to be um, DQ'd. And so I think that the biggest hurdle is going to be the interview because Nigeria is so far behind on mm -hmm. their interviews. I think that's going to be the longest wait. But um, we just celebrate each hurdle we pass. So, um, and it'll come in time. Um, it's just hard at times, it gets frustrating. Um, because, you know, um, it, in reality, it shouldn't take this long. I don't think, um, I think that our immigration system is broken. It's um, very broken. I think that um, there is a hesitancy based on where you're at, how fast your case moves. I don't think there's any consistency, you know, in those um, divisions on where what gets reviewed um, because I knew another wife she filed the same day as me and her case was approved four months after mine I mean like you would think that the cases submitted on the same day would get be done on the same day basically that happened with weren't. that happened with us too like so it, when I filed people that were filing after me they were getting approved before me um and then just zipping like right through the process i'm talking about from uscis to nvc to the interview and bam their husbands was here and we were still waiting trying to get an approval it took uscis a whole year to approve our our case and that was with no we, wow. we never received any rfes or anything which is the waiting and i think like you said um and i'm just gonna be honest from what i see the the people that are coming from west africa like nigeria and Ghana, these are the ones that they take so long to approve. Yeah. And that's just based on what I've experienced and what I've seen, you know, just going through immigration immigration, mm -hmm. and looking at the uh, statistics. They take forever to approve those cases coming out of Nigeria and Ghana. Yes, I agree. So. Um, and I noticed like the Philippines, from the Philippines, those cases start and end in, in about seven months. And that's with COVID. You know, I know Nigeria likes to throw out yes. their short staff because of COVID. It's like, well, then why don't you bring some of the people that are over in the Philippines and just be over here mm -hmm. and then speed it up a little bit. But, yep. Those people get over here really fast. Yes, they with, do. With, no, with little to no issues. Right, exactly. So what did you think about the culture when you first made it to Africa, landed on in the... Um, in, in the on the continent of Africa, um, it wasn't at all what I learned in school. <laughs> um, you know, in school in America, at least where I live, you know, we were taught that there was really no buildings, no roads, nothing mm -hmm. in Africa. It was all dirt and huts and stuff like that. So to see that it wasn't like that was a little shocking. Mm -hmm. um, but you know. Then it was like, well, what else did they tell us that we don't? <laughs> where else can I go where they told us something that's totally different than it was? Um, but the people there, very welcoming, very, um, very nice. 
um, you know, we, um, I can't say anything bad about anybody I ran into. They were all very nice, very welcoming. Um, I love the culture there. And I, mm-hmm. um, now I will say as a white person, obviously I stuck out. They knew I was a foreigner. Um, but I was humbled a bit because you don't get to experience that in America mm-hmm. to be the, to all of a sudden be the minority. And it really opened my eyes more to um, the struggles that other races have here in America mm-hmm. that, that I don't, you know, and you don't, I don't really think about it when I'm here. Um, I knew it always exists, you know, I've seen it firsthand. Um, but to become the minority, I wish everybody had the chance to do that because I think that they would see the world in America totally different mm-hmm. um, to do that. So um, that experience was very, um, very good for me and very, you know, just, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, because you are singled out and you are stared at and you're not even really doing anything you're just you know different from them so you know it's just it's amazing and I wish like I said that everybody could have that experience of going there and becoming a minority and and really then you really get to see what what the fight is about in America yes they'll get to understand what it's like being black in America yes yes Mm-hmm. you know still don't fully understand it of course but you know it gives you that sense of wow you know I'm you know the only one here but um you know so it was a good experience and I really like the culture there um and honestly since it was in Lagos you know there is a mixture um they have a lot of Lebanese there as well so um you kind of got a mixture of a different different cultures all over the place so mm-hmm. so what did you think like when you saw the women walking with the things on their heads and the babies on their backs and oh. the, anim- the animals running wild doing yeah. their own thing just you know that's that's yeah. not what we see in america so how did, no. how did what did you think of that you know that is just amazing and and how they can carry that on their head or how the baby just stays there um just amazing to me and they just walk like it's nothing where I think a lot of us would be like oh my gosh this is so heavy <laughs> they just walk around like it's nothing and like honey I'd day. be dragging it it wouldn't be on my head I'd be pulling yeah. <laughs> it along some kind of way yeah so um that was amazing and um we didn't see very many wild animals but the chickens that just came randomly up the road and stuff. I was like, was that a chicken? Because, <laughs> you know, you're in a city, so you don't expect that. Like here, sometimes you'll see them out in the country mm-hmm. and all that. But um, yeah, so that was that was shocking. But um, I didn't see too many other animals. We saw monkeys, but that's when we went to the conservatory. So mm-hmm. um, other than that, we didn't see too many wild animals, just the okay. chickens. So, so have you learned to cook as food? What did you think about the food of Nigeria? And what's your favorite food? Um, my favorite food is the fried plantains and the egg sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned how to cook that. And I eat that quite a bit at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, um, I've tried some of the other stuff like the goosey soup and the pepper stew. Um, just a little too spicy for me. Um, but, um, but I'm learning how, how to make it for him because I know that's huge and I know here we have an African market, so that's a good thing. So I'm just kind of trying to practice on getting it down by the time he gets here. Well, my suggestion would be is to let him teach you how to make it. That way you will make it how he wants it made, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because he know true. how, yeah, he know how he wants it to taste, you know, like, yep. and I tell people like, I know how to cook some, some things, but my husband pretty much uh, cooks his own meals or whatever, but 
there are some things I want him to teach me how to cook. And when he teaches yeah. me how to cook it, I'll cook it, you know? Yeah. But I do know yeah. how to cook some of it, some things. Yeah. And that's what, when we stayed in the Airbnb was nice. Cause then he could tell me, you know, no, you need to do this or you need to put it like this, you know? So I practiced cooking there. And so that was helpful. Okay. Too. So um, have you, have you had to like send money financially to help your husband while he's there? Um, every once in a while. Um, he has his own business, supports himself pretty much. So it's very rare. Um, if he needs something, I don't hesitate. He tells me what he's using it for. He's never not used it for what he said he was using it for. Um, he is my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, most definitely. If roles were reversed, I would expect him to help me if I needed it. So, yeah, I mean, I know that's another big discussion, too, about they're automatically scamming you if they're asking you for money. But he is my husband, and I'm not going to watch him suffer. I'm not going to sit here Most definitely. and live a life, a comfortable life, while he's just over there, you know being hungry or whatever you know but it's very rare that I send money it's very rare that he asks um so yeah but if he needs it or we're trying to do something or if we're planning a trip Mm -hmm. you know I send him I send him the money for our spending money um I send it to him prior to the trip so then that way he can convert it um and do all that mm-hmm. and has it when I'm there and then he can take care of that but you know and he takes care he gets he saves up money too for the trips and tries to pay for as much as possible because it's important for them to to show that they're trying you know it's just not the same it's so unequal um you know when he would describe to me like how much a person would make and it was like 80 dollars a month I couldn't even imagine. I'm not sure anybody. Girl, look, live on eighty dollars won't even buy us some gas over here for a week in America well, right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's very true. And so that's but you, know, but their struggle, like, their struggle is real over there. You know, it yeah, is. It is. It is. Yeah. And you know, in the beginning, when we were just talking, I would be like, mm, you know, because he would be like, I went to the store, and it took him all day to go to the store and I'm like how did it take you all day to go to the store you know because here we shoot to the store we shoot back we're gone maybe an hour and then you get over there and you see the traffic you see the obstacles you see all the distractions and everything that happens and you're like it really does take a whole day to go to the mm-hmm. store it takes you know? a long so, time to get through that traffic over there yeah it's horrible so yeah so mm-hmm. You do realize once you go over there that there is a lot of stress. There is a lot of um, obstacles we don't we don't deal with over here. Most definitely. So, at any time in your relationship with um, your husband, and before he even became your husband, were there like any signs of red flags that you may have possibly ignored? You may have just blown it off. Nope, not that I can think of. No, I. Um, I kind of a little investigator so I kind of when we were talking I kind of looked him up and he didn't even know I was looking him up and so I kind of knew what he was telling me was true you know I kind of waited till he told me but then I'd be like that's not what it said on your Facebook you know um Uh you know and so you know but there wasn't anything he went out of his way to show me that he was being truthful like he would show me he had no problems with me wondering he knew why I was asking or why I was skeptical and so he went out of his way to show me um you know so I wouldn't have doubts he didn't want me to have those doubts and um you can get caught up in a lot of the drama in some of those wives groups Mm -hmm. um and when you're new and fresh and you don't know what's going on, you know, it's really easy to believe all of the 
the stuff. Yes, honey. I, I tell women all the time, even in my African wives groups, do not come in this group, putting all your business in this group because you have people that are yep. not genuine in these groups. We can't sit here as admins of these groups and scan through everybody and try to check everybody out. We just can't. It's impossible to do it. But yep. you have women that are sitting in these groups that will screenshot everything you said about your marriage and your husband and they will send it to your husband. So I tell them, even in my group, yep. stay out of these groups, telling all your business. Chew the meat, yep. spit out the bones. I mean, take what's beneficial yeah. for your marriage and leave the rest of that mess in there because I'm going to tell you what'll happen. You go in these groups and you start listening to these negative nasties and bitter betties mm-hmm. because they're broken and they're unhealed. And yep. they will have you questioning your marriage because of the things they're saying. They will have you fighting yep. with your spouse because of the things they're saying. And this man hasn't did anything, hasn't shown you none of the signs that they're talking about because that's what was revealed to them from the man they were dealing with. You know, that's the man they chose. But I tell women all the time, stay out of these groups telling your business, your marriage business in these groups. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be used against you. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. And, you know, um, you know, in the beginning, too, I had a lot of people come at me telling me as soon as I went to Nigeria, I was going to get kidnapped. I was going to be raped. I was going to be on the sex trade. Um, um, and they, I had one that would send me pictures, like gruesome pictures of these women. I don't even know if they were in Nigeria or not, you know, where they were. But they and I was just like, I why would anybody do that? I remember you telling and me that. I just. You know, I couldn't fathom why somebody would take pleasure in sending somebody those pictures. And, you know, I was 99% sure I knew my husband would not harm me. You know, you know, you don't know, like you said before, we never know. But I was pretty sure that I wasn't going to be in a dangerous situation. And I knew a couple other wives that I had talked to that were over there mm-hmm. that had already said, you know, if you get into trouble, call me and, you know, we'll come help. So I think you just have to be smart about things. And it's no different than here going to a large city. You've got to know your surroundings. You've got to yes. watch where you're going. You've got to keep observant. Um, and there was time too where we were taking an Uber back to the hotel and the map stopped, the Google map stopped. And so the Uber driver kind of got lost. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh no, you go this way. Then we got to go <laughs> down over here. And my husband okay. looked at me like, how did you know that? And I was like, you just, I just watched the landmark. Okay, you, know? you got to pay attention. And I remembered, yeah, I was like, I remembered when we stopped at this place, there was that red sign there. <laughs> and he was just, and even the Uber driver was like, wow. Cause I got, you know, I got us back to the hotel. So um, but yeah, it was just one of those things that you learn here that being observant, watching landmarks and all that, that, you know, and it becomes a habit. So I just, I just did it while I was there too. So, so what, what would you say is the biggest cultural difference between you and your, your husband? I would say the language, even language though barrier. we both speak English, they're, their stuff means different than our stuff um Mm -hmm. their phrases their slang um when they're joking when they're not joking it took a long time for my husband to realize I was joking and especially like over text message and stuff it's even harder because he can't hear that tone in the voice Mm -hmm. but you know they really don't get sarcasm much they're very straight to the point um and like I would always say, do I look good? And he would be like, you look okay. And I'd be like, okay, what's wrong? And he would be like, nothing. And I would be like, something's wrong. You said, okay. You know, to hear that <laughs> here just means like, you're not looking the best, but you're, uh-huh. you're fine. But, and so, you know, just kind of simple things like that, that can totally make you misunderstand and totally take you on a whole different mm-hmm level and be like and you know and then it takes a while to get used to how blunt they are because they'll just tell you mm-hmm. your makeup's not right or that dress doesn't look <laughs> good on you or whatever they just tell you that they don't 
sugarcoat anything. And so it's, and I'm sensitive, so it's, and I'm still working on it, but it takes me a while. Sometimes I'm just like, mm-hmm. did you just say that to me? <laughs> but, you know, that's just how they are. They just don't know how to deliver it any other way, but to just come out and say it directly. So how, how, how do you feel about when your husband gets here, him sending money back home to family and um, friends? Do you think that would be an issue? about it. No, and we're trying to establish something um, for the family, um, you know, trying to get some something in place for the family so they can work at that business mm-hmm. and kind of keep that afloat and take the money from that and stuff. But I mean, they do very well respect their parents there. Um, and I have no problem with him still helping his parents out that's you know I would hope to think that he would help my parents out too you know mm-hmm. um, I think I think there it's just different it's all about family we're here we kind of get caught up in a lot lot more stuff and we lose focus on the important stuff mm-hmm. and so um, that was one thing that too their family made me feel so welcome and they were such a loving family and like any family that we all have our issues, but they, um, you know, they didn't have to treat me good. They could have asked me a whole bunch of questions. They could have, you know, cause I think here when you take somebody to your family, they're like, well, how long is, where do you work? What do you do? You know, they really grill you. <laughs> they want to know everything. Where, yeah. We're there. They're like, they just open you welcome you with open arms and just you're one of the family and that's it so you know I have no problem with him still helping his family out okay so you have children and you mentioned that he has a a child also are y'all planning to have more children yes um that's in the works we're kind of trying to time it more to where he when he's almost here or is Mm -hmm. here um just because it'll be easier and he'll be a part of it more yes um, I don't, it's hard enough to get me to go on those trips. So I can only imagine me and <laughs> trying to take a baby over there back and forth because it's exhausting, which is me. So, you know, but yeah, that's in the works. Okay. So what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out on this journey? a journey Um, uh, uh, intercultural long distance journey um be patient um try not to get caught up in those groups with the drama like you said take what's applicable to you leave the rest um there's going to be misunderstandings there's going to be arguments but in the end, it can be a really great relationship and you can learn a lot too. Um, so, and just always trust your instinct and always, you know, with this journey, not only did I find my husband, but I found a lot of good friends um, in these wives groups that we've become really good friends, really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of need that outlet. You need other people in the same journey as you to really Most understand. Definitely. Yes, because a lot of my friends here, you know, they'd be like, why are you putting up with that? Why would you do that? Why would you go all the way over there? There's men here, you know, they just don't understand. But they do not understand it at all. (laughs) Nope. And then when you meet the people on the same journey as you, they're like, oh, yeah, mine does the same thing. Or, you know, then you just feel like you're, you know, you have that that bond with them. So. It's been really neat meeting new people. So mm-hmm. so what are some things you have learned thus far being in a intercultural long-distance marriage? Um, I've learned that I can't always have things my way. Um, um, kind of step back. I knew I was stubborn before this relationship. My husband is stubborn. I never knew I would meet somebody more stubborn than me. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) 
I always tell him he won. We don't have to try to compete anymore because he clearly wins that. Um, but you need to bring patience. You need to come in with an open mind and, um, you know, you have to think a lot too. Cause you know, like I said, in the beginning, I was like, how does it take you an, a whole day to go to the store? You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't put myself in that place. Now, when he says something, I've been there. So I can imagine what, what he went through to get there. I can imagine the heat. I can imagine, you know, more stuff. So I think I've learned, you know, a lot that that stuff is different. Other places, the same, mm-hmm. but different. And, um, but I've learned to try to communicate better, to try to, um, to try to always, um, you know, just give it, stay positive. I wasn't always a positive thinker. Um, I always kind of went for stuff that would go wrong. My husband taught me that's not a good way to think. It's not a good way to live. And it's really amazing how positive they stay in the life that they have Mm -hmm. versus, you know, ours. And so it's taught me a lot. Um, I've learned that um, we take a lot for granted in America that, um, you know, people don't like, you know, the lights go off over there and they'll stay off for a long time. You don't know when they're going to come back. And um, shortly after I got back, um, I think it was like the second trip, we had a bad storm here and the power was out. And people were complaining, calling the power company, demanding the power get back on. And I'm like, this is nothing, (laughs) you know? And it's just, it gives you a whole different perception of things, of what's important, what's not, you know? So um, I've learned a lot. And um, for wives that have come behind me, you know, it wasn't until I started talking to one and they were, she was kind of like, why is he like this? Why, you know? And and when I started talking to her and I'm like, oh my gosh, my husband has changed me because I wasn't patient before and I would get mm-hmm. irritated with him when he started that. And so it was amazing to me to, when I was talking to her, it clicked in my head. Oh my gosh, I have changed. You know, I have adapted to him more and I have, you know, gotten better with how I am with him and how, you know, because they do they do want your respect and they do want, they want to be the lead. And sometimes that's hard. Um, especially when you've been kind of the lead your whole life, you've mm-hmm. been both roles, you played the male role and you played the female role. So it's hard to, you know, not go back and forth. Like you have been, it's hard to let that man lead. It's hard to give up that role. And that's very important to them. So Yes, and um, I always say I have no problem with submitting to my husband. But the thing about it is, and which he is, you have to know how to lead in order for me to submit to you. Because there's nothing that I want more as a woman to be able to walk in my divine feminine energy, knowing that everything's going to be okay, that my husband's going to take care of this. I don't have to worry about it, you know? So Mm -hmm. no woman, well, at least me, I'm not just going to submit to know anybody. I just... I'm not, if you're not capable of leading me, leading us in the right direction. So, right. It's just how that goes. So, Miss Julie, I'm going to look over here. If you guys have any questions for Miss Julie, please put them in the comments so we can get her to answer those for you. Because we're going to be closing this interview out shortly. We do have one question from Yolanda. She asked, What tribe is your husband from? He is Ibu. Thank you. Do we have any more questions? I have a question. Um, when have you had a chance to uh, meet his parents um, through throughout your visits there? No, not. Um, we've met over the phone um, and FaceTime, and I've talked to him a lot on the phone. Um, our plan is next time I go there. Um, it's just the roads have not been safe um, to go all the way to Worry. Um, and also in Worry, um, there's a lot of kidnappings and violence in that area. 
so my husband's very concerned for my safety. Mm -hmm. Um, I trust him on that. And um, it's just not a safe place to be. So he's worried and, you know, he has to line up security and, and different things like that. So it's in, it's planned um, within the next year or so, so. All right. We have a question for, from Olympia. She asked the ages of your children, both of your children. Um, I have four children ranging from 22 down to eight. And his daughter will be six on Monday. Well, happy birthday to her in advance. Yes. Um, we have a question from uh, Sofella. Forgive me if I pronounced that incorrectly. Um, how do you juggle work with visiting your husband? Um, good question. <laughs> so where I work, we've been short-staffed for quite a while. Um, going on almost two years now. Um, so I work quite a bit of overtime, which I don't complain because that's extra money for the trips. Um, I'm only allowed to be gone two weeks at a time um, for the trips. Um, that's as long as my work will let me um, be gone. So it's taken some negotiations at times. Um, I'm very um, blessed that I do have a job where I accrue, I accrue my vacation time quite well. So I do have plenty of time to go. It's just, I have to space it out and remind my boss of where I need to go and why I need to go. Um, it's never been an issue to get off work, but it, it does take some juggling and some planning. All right, we have a question from Jahada. She asked, um, what were the other wife and husband, the one that got approved before you, um, is he African as well? Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, Hackney had a question. Um, how do you stay positive with um, our men being, being stubborn? Great question. <laughs> you know, some days are easier than others. There's some days where I am more than thankful that we are in a long distance relationship and I can put the phone down and I can walk away and I can gather myself because I'm sure if we were in the same room it would escalate quickly um so that's one good thing about being in a long distance relationship um you know we all have our bad days um and sometimes it just takes a lot of prayer and a lot of faith um and sometimes I just have to say now is not a good time to talk and we'll have to talk later you know and hope that he'll come back in a in a better mood so it just takes it takes a lot of work and like I said some days are harder than others okay Hackney had another question he said um or maybe it was a statement do you feel that you were healed all the way because you remind her of a uh, healed queen uh, I'm not sure I understand the question um, I think when you said in the beginning that you were, you know, wanted to take time to heal from a previous relationship oh, yeah. <laughs> and she said, you know, do you feel that you've healed all the way because you remind her of a healed queen? Yes, I did. I, um, um, I had a relationship before my previous husband, um, that was not a good relationship. And I went from that relationship into this relationship with my now ex-husband. I didn't take time to heal from that previous relationship. Um, and it was a horrible, it was, you know, it was a, it was a disaster waiting to happen basically. And um, so this time I knew I needed to focus on myself. I needed to figure out you know, it's not always that other person. Um, sometimes it's something in you, your triggers, and you got to find those. And, and I just wanted that inner peace. And I wanted, I want really just wanted to be happy. I didn't care if I found somebody else 
I was perfectly fine by myself. So it, it takes a lot of work and it it takes a lot of, of soul searching. All right, we have another question from Safila. Um, how do you cope with time difference and how frequently do you guys talk? Um, so you wouldn't think an hour would make such a big time thing, but now that we're in um, this time and the um, daylight savings time, the six hour difference is a lot better than the seven hour difference. I don't know if it's because I can figure out faster how far ahead, you know, he is. Um, and it's either to do the six hours, but that that hour really makes a difference. And it's hard. It's, it's a lot of sleepless nights and it's a lot of getting up early. Um, for him, it's a lot of staying up late. Um, we try to talk daily, um, whether text or call, um, but we at least try to touch base at least once a day. Some days are longer than others. It depends how busy we are at work and um, or how tired I am at night. There's, there used to be early on, there used to, I would get up and I'd stay up all night, talk to him. Um, but you know, now it's like, I need some more sleep. I'll talk to you when I'm up, you know? So it's just, it's just that balancing act you have to find. Okay, thank you. There's no more questions. Okay. No more questions. So, Ms. Julie, thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to interview you and share your journey with the Lampo Show podcast. To all of our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. And we appreciate you guys. If you have not already, please go over to our YouTube page and subscribe there um, to the Lampo Show podcast. And also go follow us on Instagram at the Lampo Show podcast. And you can view us on TV now. Um, view it in 126 countries on live.lapaca, that's L-A-P-A-C-A, tv.com. And if no more questions, we are going to end this live. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.